Hey guys, this is Matt Boyle, our Washington Bureau Chief here at Breitbart News. This is the Breitbart News Daily Podcast. Uh, Today we had two great guests. First was former Congressman Lou Barletta, who talked about efforts to secure the border and to deal with the migrant crisis. He talked about how uh, if he's elected governor of Pennsylvania, uh, he will be sending the migrants on buses to Delaware and Washington, D.C., away from the state of Pennsylvania. We have another very special guest on the line right now, former Congressman Lou Barletta. He is the Republican frontrunner for governor right now in the great state of Pennsylvania. That primary is coming up on May 17th, very fast approaching. Uh, 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 Congressman, always a pleasure. Thanks for joining us again here on Breitbart News Daily. Morning, Matt. Good to talk to you again. Uh, okay, so a lot to talk about here. Uh, obviously, very, very important race in the great state of Pennsylvania. Um, the uh, uh, first and foremost uh, uh, on the uh, the latest out of Philadelphia is uh, that they've just reinstated the mask mandate uh, on COVID. Uh, uh, what the heck? I mean, I thought we were through this. Like, what are they doing there in Philadelphia? Well, ha- has Philadelphia gotten anything right? Uh, you know, here we go again. You know, this is the same city that, that their mayor danced, did a dance in the mayor's office when they uh, became a sanctuary city where where they uh, ordered the police to uh, stay in their cruisers in, in Kensington, where drug dealers can literally just roam the streets and, uh, you know, without any uh, opposition at all. I mean, this is this is a great city that is being destroyed by uh, Democrat politicians and elected officials, and people have had enough. Uh, there's no wonder why people are leaving Pennsylvania and and, and fleeing to uh, free states like Florida. Yeah. Uh, by, by the way, my folks are among them, right? Like, so my my parents used to. Uh, I, my dad worked for giant supermarkets there in in Carlisle, and. Uh, uh, left there uh, in the middle of the pandemic and came back here to Florida. So um, the uh, well, tell just... him don't don't unpack his suitcase because when I become governor, <laughs> he can come back here to Pennsylvania and he'll be free right here in the state that uh, that he wanted to live in. Yeah, no, look, uh, by the way, they lived in Harrisburg, a great, great place, by the way, uh, we love Pennsylvania, so, um, and I, you know, I remember my, uh, my mom was out knocking doors for President Trump during the 2016 campaign, but, um, let them but, know help, help is on the way. Yeah. Uh, so, 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 Congressman, uh, regarding um, uh, this this whole mask mandate, though, what are some things that you're going to be able to do as governor uh, to fight back against these local folks in like Philadelphia? Can you tell us what you would do on something like this if you were the governor yeah. today instead of uh, uh, Wolf the loser? Uh, what would you be doing there uh, that would that would be different? Well, there's not going to be any any mask mandates coming from the governor's office. That's for sure, and I'm going to call out. Mm-hmm. And, and use you know use the the bullhorn that I, that I'll have to to uh, to stop this craziness. People want to live. They want to go back to a normal life again. They've had enough. Uh, you know, it, it makes no sense at all. You know, especially for somebody who's been vaccinated. That's the reason that they told us that we should get vaccinated for it, so that we can go back to a normal life. There's no common sense any any longer. People, 
you know, government we saw, you know, they want more control of your life. They want to tell you how to live. It's up to you. It's up to the people. If you want to wear a mask, wear a mask. If you, if you don't, then don't. It's, it's your life. And, and they're going to have a governor that's, that's going to stand behind them and, and call out, you know, these uh, elected officials that, that want to uh, tell you how to live your, your life. And, and many times we catch them violating it themselves. Uh, you know, people in Philadelphia, I think I've had enough of, of what's going on. They failed at just about every decision they've made there. Uh, and and uh, here we go again. Right. So now um, one of the other big remember, stories. Matt, let me mm-hmm. just say, let me just say, mm-hmm. remember, remember Josh Shapiro, the attorney general who wants to be governor, mm-hmm. you know, went to the Pennsylvania Supreme Court to to keep enforcing the school mask mandates. You know, we, we didn't damage uh, our children enough right over the last couple of years by shutting down their schools and forcing kids to wear masks all day long when science didn't back any of it. We don't know the long-term effects of that. And so if anyone, you know, wants to, to uh, guess what Josh Shapiro will be like if he were governor, just look what he's done. Right. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. So now one of the other big stories, Congressman, that people are really fired up about, we've already had callers uh, last hour about this, is uh, from Texas. Uh, people are cheering on Governor Abbott in Texas for sending those migrants uh, from the border uh, that Joe Biden's bringing in that was he was going to try to release in Texas. He put them on a bus and he sent them to Washington, D.C. and said, hey, guess what, Joe, it's your problem now, right? Like, And uh, I know you've talked about doing this if you're a governor of Pennsylvania because they're flying the man to Harrisburg and other places throughout Pennsylvania in the middle of the night on these ghost flights. You've talked, we've talked about this before. If you're governor, you say you're going to bus them on down to Delaware or down to Washington, D.C. Uh, uh, what Can you kind of give us a preview of what you would do uh, on this front? Because uh, I know we've talked about it before, but now we're seeing Governor Abbott actually do it. We've seen Governor DeSantis down here in Florida do it. Uh, uh, this is a, a, a big thing because I don't think the 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 lefty elitists there in Washington D.C. or in in Wilmington, Delaware, uh, want to deal with this problem uh, uh, if it's right on their doorstep. But they want us to deal with the problem out here in the rest of America. So, what what are some of the things you would do on this front? Well, nobody's fought illegal immigration um, harder than I did while I was mayor, when no one else in the country had the courage to do that. So. Um, you know, I know I served with Ron DeSantis uh, in Congress and, um, you know, Ron said he was going to bust them back to uh, up to Delaware and let Joe Biden uh, handle it in his home state. I, I wanted to remind Ron that Pennsylvania is a lot closer to Delaware than, than Fort Lauderdale. So it'll cost us a lot less to just ship them over uh, to Delaware. And, and, and uh, you know, we're not going to allow the federal government to just drop people off here in Pennsylvania when we we have no idea of what their backgrounds are. We have no idea of of their medical history. We know China is sending fentanyl to the southern border, and that's how they're bringing it into our communities. As a governor, I'm going to protect the people here in Pennsylvania. This is not going to be a dumping ground for, for illegal immigrants uh, to come from the border, you know, because Joe Biden doesn't know what to do with them. I know what to do. We're going to push him right over to Delaware and let let him handle it and see how the people of Delaware like it. 
and 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 uh, see if those do something about it. I mean, this is enough is enough. People have had it, and uh, you know, I'm going to be a governor that's going to stand up uh, for people. I will I will look at legis- legislation that will strip the license of any busing companies or any anybody that aids and abets uh, the illegal immigrants when they're dropped off here in Pennsylvania. Uh, and there's a lot that you can do for it as a governor, and it's what uh, Tom Wolf and Josh Shapiro uh, didn't do while Joe Biden continued to drop people off in the middle of the night here in Pennsylvania. Yeah, so now, uh, Congressman, again, we hear promises like this all the time from from from, from people running for office. And uh, frankly, you know, uh, there's a lot of people out there who are skeptical, but you've actually done this kind of thing before. You were the mayor of Hazleton, Pennsylvania, and this was back way before we've even had any of these major immigration debates that led to President Trump uh, winning the White House in 2016. Uh, and, 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 you know, uh, you've actually gone in and combated the illegal immigration problem from the mayor's office then, and that's when you uh, ran for Congress, and then you took the fight to to the U.S. Congress. But uh, t- tell us about that history, because I think that's really important, because people know in Lou Barletta they're going to get someone who has a history of actually following through on this type of a thing. Yeah, it's not it's not talk with me. You know, it was, it was action. It's what I've done, so they won't have to guess what I'm going to do tomorrow. Just look what I did yesterday, and I, you know, I stood... I stood on the national stage when nobody in, in America had the courage to do uh, what I did. I passed the first law uh, in the country as a mayor in, in dealing with uh, illegal immigration, uh, wanting to suspend the, the business license of anybody that uh, knowingly hired uh, illegal aliens and uh, also taking the license away from anyone that, that harbored uh, Ill- illegal aliens. I was sued by illegal aliens, and and I fought it all the way to the Supreme Court. And because of what I did, uh, other states and and municipalities followed Hazleton's lead. Uh, It wasn't easy at that time. It wasn't popular to do, and uh, there weren't any other politicians that wanted to come and help me uh, when I did it because, you know, immediately the media labeled me as anti-immigrant and racist and the names and threats that I had to uh, withstand the people here saw that I didn't back down. I stood my ground as a mayor of a small town when, when I didn't have anyone to back me up. So I do believe that's why I've been, uh, doing so well in the polls from the day that I announced is people want a fighter. There's, they're tired of, of Republicans being walked all over, not only by the media and the Democrats, but also by, Republicans who who fail to stand up for them, you know, they mm-hmm. they get elected and they become part of the problem, and they know they're not going to get that with me because I have a history, a record, I've proven and road tested. So now, um, another major issue uh, that's that's really playing out in this uh, election here in Pennsylvania is energy. Uh, obviously, Pennsylvania is natural gas rich, and the Biden policies, the Democrat policies of Governor Wolf and Attorney General Shapiro uh, have been uh, strangling fracking in Pennsylvania, for lack of a better word. The, uh, so, I mean, they've been shutting it down. Uh, they, uh, the, what are some of the things that you're going to 
do uh, to open up fracking and get the because uh, I think this would really help our energy prices and inflation, uh, et cetera, if we are able to get the fracking going again, uh, in, in, you know, combined with drilling in the pipelines. Right. Like that's how we get back to energy independence that we had under Trump. Um, uh, so uh, uh, what are so what is a governor Barletta going to do about this? Yeah, we we have enough we have enough natural gas here to fuel the United States. We could be exporting it around the world. We don't need to depend on on other countries for it. And Pennsylvania, right here, is the answer. Right now, mm-hmm. Governor Wolf is, is wants to put Pennsylvania into the regional greenhouse gas initiative, uh, and that would el- literally eliminate natural gas uh, from from getting to the market. It'll, it'll dry up all these all the all these wells, and there'll be no opportunities. Uh, for Pennsylvania to supply that gas. Um, under my administration, we're going to green light uh, these pipelines that we need to get this gas to market. You know, having all this gas under our feet without the pipelines is like being in college and having a keg of beer without the tap. It, it, it doesn't, it's no good with, if you don't get it, get it out of the ground and into the market. We're going to do that. They, they, they use DEP here in Pennsylvania uh, to, as a weapon to stop uh, the industry from fracking and from from getting the natural gas. DEP right now stands for Don't Expect Permits. That's going to change under my administration. Uh, We're going to be a business-friendly state, and we're going to unleash the natural gas that we have here uh, to the the rest of the United States and to the world. And these companies and jobs will come back here to Pennsylvania because that's our future. And we don't need to be paying the prices that, that Americans are paying right now for energy when right here in Pennsylvania, we can be the answer and we will be the answer when I become governor. Yeah. So now, Congressman, uh, President Trump has endorsed in the Senate race in Pennsylvania. He hasn't endorsed yet in the governor's race. He has endorsed you in previous races, by the way. So and I know you have a very close relationship with President Trump. Uh, if I'm understanding correctly, I think you had a big fundraiser on Tuesday night at Mar-a-Lago, and well, the you know you can't construe that as an endorsement. I think President Trump stopped by, uh, and I do the, believe that he uh, um, uh, uh, has to sign off on events that are political events that happen at Mar-a-Lago. Uh, so uh, tell us about about that. Uh, where uh, tell us about the fundraiser Tuesday night. What the president have to say? Uh, 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 tell us what's, you know, do you expect that he'll get involved in this race? Uh, do you want his endorsement? Well, the answer to the last question is yes, of course. Um, I, I would love his in, endorsement. It was great to see uh, President Trump uh, at, at my event at Mar-a-Lago on, on Tuesday. And, uh, you know, that is, that is not to imply that it was an endorsement, uh, but it could not have happened if, uh, unless he had signed off for it, and I was thankful for that, and it was good good to see see him and and spend uh, spend some time, and uh, you know we talked about the importance of this race, and and uh, we also talked about our long relationship. He he talked about our our long relationship. Of, you know, I was one of the first in the country to uh, to endorse Donald Trump when when he ran. Uh, and he remembers that. And I also, you know, fought for him and his policies, you know, during my eight years in, in Congress. So our relationship uh, goes back a long way. And, and uh, uh, this race is, is tight. I've been at the top of nearly every poll uh, that has come out. Uh, and it will matter, you know, who wins this primary 
and who will be able to take on and beat Josh Shapiro. We, you know, it's this this election is important in in who becomes the next president in in 2024. Pennsylvania is always a pivotal state uh, in in electing uh, that president. So uh, having Lou Barletta as uh, as the governor here will certainly help whoever the uh, Republican presidential candidate is. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Uh, uh, Congressman Lou Barletta, I really want to thank you for joining us here on Breitbart News Daily. Sir, where can people go to learn more about you, get involved in the campaign if they so choose? Uh, they need to go to loubarletta.com. Uh, they, we need the, need the uh, support and help. We're coming down to the, to the, to the uh, end here. The election is right around the corner, so they can get online, loubarletta.com, and, and help. All right, Congressman Lou Barletta, candidate for governor in the great state of Pennsylvania. Our second guest today was Mark Ronchetti. He's running for governor of New Mexico. In that interview, we talked about multiple different layers of the left's catch-and-release policies when it comes to the not just the border, but also regular crime as well. Crime is on the rise in New Mexico, and Mark Ronchetti has a plan to fight back against it. We also talked about the trends in the Hispanic community swinging towards Republicans in this upcoming midterm election and how he hopes to unseat Democrat Governor Michelle Lujan Grisham in New Mexico. Mark Ronchetti, he's running for governor of the great state of New Mexico, and he's out with a new television ad uh, highlighting uh, the the left Democrat governor, uh, uh, Michelle Lujan Grisham's uh, catch and release uh, crime policies. Um, uh, Mark Ronchetti, thanks for joining us here on Bright Bright News Daily. Oh, thanks, Matt. I appreciate it. Enjoy being on with you. Yeah, so tell us, um, tell us w- about this new ad that you've got because uh, Governor Michelle Luan Grisham has these really weak on crime and weak on the border policies uh, that are allowing criminals out of jail uh, and allowing them to uh, uh, then go commit recommit crimes. Uh, you say we're we we're, 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 we live in a lawless state. You're talking about New Mexico. Uh, it's really sad. Tell us about this uh, this incident and uh, what's about this new ad. Yeah, Matt, what we've seen with this is is a, a unique pairing of a soft border law, especially with, with this governor who basically, right when she came into office, pulled the National Guard back. And, you know, you never talk about sort of New Mexico's the, the, the forgotten border state because of that exact reason. She pulls back, the National Guard is soft on the border, and then we're also a sanctuary state combined with catch and release. And that's one of the stories, and Breitbart covered it. Uh, a year or so ago, and this is the story of Joe Joe Sines, who basically was accused of murder, and then he got out because they dropped the murder charges. He then was charged with four felonies and fourth degree felonies, actually, and then they let him out there on a basically a no cash bond, and he committed a murder where he effectively went up to a homeless man, assaulted him, and then eventually ended up cutting off his head and playing soccer with his head in a Las Cruces park. 
and he was here illegally. And this is the kind of thing that's happening over and over again in New Mexico, and that is people committing these violent crimes, going into jail for the better part of a couple of days at most, and then turning right back out again and ending up out on the street here. And that we're second in the country in violent crime here. And so we have some major league issues with all of these things coming in together. And this is going to end up being the biggest issue when we go to November 8th here in New Mexico. And we are looking at an election where we're going to beat this incumbent governor simply because of the way she's handled not only the border, but the way she's handled crime as well. Yeah, what's really sad about these crimes committed by illegal aliens, especially ones who have been caught, deported before, or uh, or released after, you know, uh, uh, in this case, like released after uh, being suspected or accused of another crime, uh, is is that these are crimes that shouldn't happen. Right. Like if we actually enforced our immigration laws, if we actually uh, uh, were, were tough on crime and we didn't let people out on these weak bail laws, these people wouldn't be on the streets to be able to then commit said other crimes. Right. Like and this is but it's really tragic when we hear these stories of the angel families. I've met many of them, some from New Mexico, some from Texas, yeah. uh, other border states, but all around the country, for that matter. Uh, and in the case of this particular instance, I mean, again, this person wouldn't have been able to commit this crime had we com- had we enforced our immigration laws uh, and, and had this person not been released on bail, right? Like, so, I mean, twice we let this guy go uh, uh, and uh, it's it's like unbelievable. This guy, this illegal alien would not have been able to then uh, uh, commit this murder and uh, engage in these heinous acts had we enforced our laws. It's just basic nation of laws stuff. I mean, are we a nation of laws or yeah. not? And, you know, it's it's just tragic. It, and Matt, and Matt you, you say you say let him out on bond, too. Here's the thing. The one this this Joel Sines was let out on, that was a $2,000 unsecured bond. So in other words, he gave nothing to get out. He just got right out and, and committed this murder. And then you pile on top of that the sanctuary state problems we have. We're, we're And for people who aren't familiar with it, and I know you've talked about it, but for people who have – aren't familiar with it. Basically, what we do in New Mexico is we put up a wall that says we're not going to let the feds and ICE find out about the laws that people that are here illegally are breaking. And so that allows another avenue for people to stay in this country and commit violent crime. There's another story, Matt, that a lot of people in Albuquerque talk about, and it's the story of Jacqueline Vigil. She was a mother in Albuquerque who was sitting in her driveway getting ready to go to the gym. And somebody that was here illegally pulls up behind her, gets out of his car, shoots her in her driveway, and her husband, Sam B. Hill, finds her in the driveway, shot to death because this person was here, and, and ICE should have known about it, didn't because there was that wall put up. And, and then we had one of those situations where yet another violent crime happens here. And if this doesn't stop, if we don't end up in a situation where we start to deal with these things, this sort of stuff's going to continue. And Matt, we're on the cutting edge of this. Because we here in New Mexico are right where the catch and release policies that the far left has put in for now a few years, and they're starting to come to fruition here. You're starting to see people turned right back out on the street here. And to give you an idea, over the past five years, the amount of murders in Albuquerque has almost quadrupled. It's really unbelievable. So it's not just catch and release at the with border people, right? Like people crossing the border. It's catch and release with criminals, right? Like so. That's what you're yeah. talking about here. Yep. Is that they're literally doing yep. catch and release where they catch someone committing, in many cases, violent crimes, and then they just 
turn them right around and they release right on the bond or the bail or uh, it, 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 it's and, and that is what's contributing to this increase in crime that that quadruple in the murder rate that you're talking about right now is governor uh, Luhan Grisham is she doing anything about this is she fighting this at all is she enabling it what's happening so for three years here's what here's what her response was she gets into office we have we have with a skyrocketing problem with the crime so what's her solution her solution was to go in and remove qualified immunity from police that's one of the mm-hmm. things she did in 2019 what did that do that basically stopped all recruitment of police officers into the state of New Mexico, because as you can imagine, nobody wants a job where they're personally liable to be sued from a lawyer class in New Mexico who basically writes the laws. And these elites don't realize they live behind high walls in Santa Fe, and they don't live the same life that the rest of us live. So when she comes in and does this and allows it to be much easier to sue police, that effectively put all of this on hyperblast and created a major issue that just continues to blow up to this day. Now, this being an election year and her knowing that we're even with her in the polls right now, 46-46, she scrambled in the last legislative session to try to bring up a crime bill. Part of that crime bill was to go through and get rid of catch and release. The problem was that her and her far-left legislature couldn't get it through. And they have almost a super majority, and they couldn't get it through. So that was one of those things you realize they can't fight crime. They can't even agree on their own side on what to do because too many people on their own side won't address the issue. As far as the border goes, that plays into it as well because we have a massive fentanyl problem here in New Mexico, as many people across the country do, and that's leading to huge crime issues as well. And again, they won't do anything to secure the border on top of that. And so when you start to combine all these things, she's been completely ineffective and has not dealt with the problem at all. Right. So basically, in other words, what you're telling me is when she's getting rid of qualified immunity and then supporting this whole catch and release. uh, And when we're talking about catch and release in this context, we're talking about it in terms of a crime context, not just necessarily a border context, but they are interrelated. But it's it's different catch and release because nationally speaking, when we talk about catch and release, we're talking about people that present themselves at the border and then are just immediately released into the interior of the country. That's what the Obama administration started. Trump ended and now Biden's brought back and accelerated at the border, but we're talking about catch and release with regard to crime. Basically, what you're telling me is is that she, uh, Michelle Luan Grisham, the Democratic governor of New Mexico, has done a defund the police strategy. And now, as the Democrats realize nationally that that's not so popular, right? Like, you see the election of Eric Adams as the mayor of New York, who's a former police detective, um, uh, uh, elected there. Uh, You see Joe Biden talking about it in his State of the Union address, saying, oh, well, we need to fund the police, not defund the police. The, the, the thing is that they're now trying to hard course correct, yet they can't put their money where their mouth is because they're so yep. pot committed to this uh, radical defund the police vision that they can't pull back from it now because the radical elements of their party and their coalition are so committed to that that worldview. And that we're seeing at the federal level too, right? So Joe Biden can say it all he wants to, yet Cory Bush and AOC are still there saying defund the police, yep. right? And so same thing yeah. in New Mexico. There's no question. And that's exactly mm-hmm. what we've seen. And any of the moderates that, that in the Democratic Party who, who in this state may have wanted to do something to curtail what is completely out of control, they're gone. They've been swept away. Mm-hmm. And so you have a far left that continues to, to run this thing into the ground. And where do they go? 
I mean, when you look at this policy and, and the way they handle it, they have nowhere to go. When you have presidential candidates standing up on a stage all saying, hey, let's draw as many people to a border that is porous in an uncertain future. It, it amazes me, Matt, because these guys, they stand up and they say how compassionate they are. And then they go and put people in a position, especially human trafficking situations. You got kids there and they say they draw them in and then they put them in a, in a horrendous position. And they put people in their own state in a horrendous position. And the fact of the matter is right now, this governor has made it easier to be a criminal than to be a cop in the state of New Mexico. And everybody knows it. And so now this is one of those scenarios where this is going to be a fight about people's safety. And when we, when we win this election and we go up to Santa Fe in that first legislative session, we're not letting anything go through the legislature until we start to deal with the huge crime problems and the border problems we have in the state. Right. So, okay. So now on the border front, uh, you mentioned the fentanyl crisis. I think that the fentanyl and the drugs that are coming in, they, they make it in China, they ship it to Mexico, the cartels lace it into everything, and then they pump it across the border and then the gangs distribute it throughout America. Uh, the, um, the, I think it's the biggest crisis in the, in, the, uh, in the country that nobody's talking about in the political class in that everybody has somebody, a family member, an aunt, an uncle, a brother, a sister, a mother, a father, a son, a daughter, a friend, a family member, a cousin, or somebody. Everybody's got somebody they know that's been affected by this drug crisis, the opioid crisis, and the fentanyl crisis. Um, uh, you've got a plan to uh, secure the border. Can you tell us about this? Because uh, you've got a border strike force uh, uh, and um, uh, to, to, to combat the fentanyl and the drug trafficking into the country and the human trafficking, etc. How do you stop this? What do you do? Uh, what does a Governor Ronchetti do uh, that's different than what Governor Grisham's done? Well, a couple things. First and foremost, we're 600 border agents short in the El Paso sector, which covers New Mexico. Mm -hmm. And what I always ask people is, do you really believe President Biden is going to fill those positions? The answer is clearly no. So we're going to have to do it on our end. And we're going to do it in a couple of different ways. First of all, we are going to return the National Guard to the border to help support Border Patrol. We have to do that. There's no question. But beyond that, a longer term solution for the state of New Mexico is our border enforcement force. And what that's going to do is basically be 150 agents strong, and their their job is going to be twofold, really. They're going to stop the flow of fentanyl into the state of New Mexico. That's number one. How does that happen? Well, we do it by doing a lot more drug interdiction stops along the border. We have to do that, especially across the southern portion of the state here. We're also going to try to address the human trafficking issues that we have here as well. Those have to be dealt with by the Border Enforcement Force as well. But effectively, what this amounts to, Matt, is the state of New Mexico stepping in where the federal government will not help. Now, I think down the road, we're going to get more help from the federal government once we change out administrations and we get an administration again who actually cares about securing the border. That's going to be critical in all of this. But until that happens, we will absolutely fill that gap. And then we have to stop the sanctuary state policies. We still have those in place. They make people less safe. We have huge examples of that being a major problem across the state. So we'll deal with that as well. So for the most part here, our plan encompasses bringing National Guard back, the border strike force, ending, ending sanctuary state policies, all sort of wrapped into one here. And Matt, I know you've talked about this, and that's Title 42. This is likely to get much, much worse coming up here in May. One of the things that held back a lot of the major, major crisis points that we had in New Mexico, Arizona, and Texas was the fact that we had Title 42 put in place by President Trump, and now President Biden's going to roll it back. 
Yeah, um, I, I couldn't agree more. Uh, now, the other thing I would uh, that I really want to zone in on with you here is that uh, in this election in New Mexico, uh, as well as several other states, uh, especially out west, uh, there's a, a, a huge narrative that's been building the last several years, the last several election cycles. We saw it big time in 2020 in South Texas and South Florida. Uh, we saw it uh, again in uh, uh, November 2021 in the off-year elections in Virginia, New Jersey, uh, and so special elections around the country uh, and some ballot initiatives is that this the Hispanic vote has been swinging big time towards the Republicans. Now, there's the latest poll out, uh, uh, Quinnipiac poll uh, just yesterday, uh, President Biden's overall approval rating among all Americans is down to uh, an abysmal 33%. It's the lowest of his presidency, but it's even lower among Hispanic voters. And we've been seeing Hispanic voters swing big time towards Republicans. Um, there's obviously a huge Hispanic population in New Mexico. Do you expect that to, uh, and a lot of people in the establishment media are talking about states like Nevada. Uh, I don't really see many people nationally picking up on potential potentially New Mexico. I've long thought New Mexico is due for a swing back to the right. What do you think about this, uh, uh, Mark Ronchetti? Do you think that this is uh, this trend is going to um, uh, carry over into New Mexico? And do you think it helps your case? Yeah, there's no doubt. And I think you're picking up on something that we're seeing on the ground here as well. And one thing about New Mexico that's interesting, and you're right on the swing back, because New Mexico is a state that constantly swings back and forth between Republican and Democratic governors. It happens every other time. And in fact, when you have a Democrat in the White House over the past 30 years, you always have a snapback to a Republican that wins the governorship here in the state. But beyond that, and to your point on Hispanic voters, New Mexico is actually a pretty conservative state. There's a lot of conservative Democrats in this state that in many cases have voted Democrat for a long time, but have very conservative values. And what we're seeing is they're sliding back toward Republicans as well because of some of these crazy policies that you see from the left, policies that on a national level get shoved down the throat of a lot of conservative Democrats in New Mexico, and it's not playing well with them. We're 46-46 right now with this governor, and for an incumbent governor to be tied with her leading challenger this far out, that shows you the kind of trouble she's in. And then you start to stack on top of that, not only the Hispanic vote sliding back toward us, but also knowing what she did with COVID restrictions. Matt, we were one of the most shut down states in the country. We're third worst as far as recovery goes from COVID because of how much we were shut down. Yeah, so and by the way, I think she was running around to the jewelry store on her own, right? Like, so didn't look, she break her own rules? Look, like. You, you've yeah. got it. Look, there are times when you've got to get the blame no matter what. And so when you've got to do that, you've got to do it, even when you've got your own health order in place. It was ridiculous. And there's also a you know, there's other issues for her. There's no question about it. There's a sexual harassment charge that she paid out on. There, there is a raises for her staff. 30 to 50 percent while we were losing 40 percent of our small businesses. A lot of the hypocrisy that her administration has been known for is coming back to bite her now. Yeah, it's really unbelievable. Mark Ronchetti, sir, uh, running for governor in the great state of New Mexico. Where can people go to learn more about you, get involved in the campaign if they so choose? Yes, we would love your help in this. Uh, you know, the the Democrat dark money machine is pumping money into her campaign. But but we will say we had a huge quarter going toe to toe with her and we are in a great spot to beat her. And we'd love your help. It's markronchetti.com. It's M-A-R-K-R-O-N-C-H-E-T-T-I.com. And, and we would love your help. And 
and we'd love the help of, of all the Breitbart listeners because this is an election that we're going to win in New Mexico and start to change the way things operate in the state, no doubt. Matt, I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, definitely. We look forward to having you back. We'll be following this one very closely. Uh, it is a very, very important race, and I think that it's a sleeper out there. Everybody's starting to wake up about Nevada. I'm seeing the establishment media starting to talk about it. New Mexico's the next one, and Colorado, too, by the way. So all these western states, I think, are going to swing big time. <laughs> That's all for today. Thank you for supporting Breitbart News, the show on Sirius XM Patriot Channel 125. Also, make sure you listen in on Breitbart News Saturday, 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern Time, which I host. Read Breitbart.com for the latest breaking news and analysis. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you tomorrow. Apologize.